You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. I'm feeling like the absence of nervousness right now. What is that? What does or like, that mean? Because like usually I'm like worried about my question that I'm going to ask and I'm like, gonna, like, I'm like trying to remember it. And then now like I don't have that, but I, f- I still feel that anxiety of like we're about to start a podcast. You need to like go into that mode. And why do you, you don't feel that way because you are no longer responsible for banter? I'm no longer responsible for, and why is for that? banter because I'm not good at it. I'm not going to say you are good I at it. I talked to Schaefer today and he's like, yeah, you're like, he's like, that's not really what you are. And I'm like, he's like, I can always tell when you like get you. It's like your personality shifts. There's like this weird tonal shift. I agree. When you start off banter. And I'm like, I, to- I totally agree. He's like, you and I are people who are like waiting to be talked to so that you can like share a story or like make a joke or like feed off of it. I'm not the interviewer. That has been a frustration in our relationship, hasn't it? In the podcast or outside? Far beyond the podcast. <laughs> Maybe in both. That's I, just not who I am. And that's who you are very much that. What's in your mouth right now? I'm sorry, what? A uh, fisherman's friend? Okay, so we're podcasting and you decided to put a fisherman I, friend in your mouth. I was going to chew it up before we started, but we're like, we're, we're in it right now. We're generating banter. Yeah. The podcast, as soon as you come to the pod loft, the podcast is on bitches so beware that's a good point i think there's some gendered stuff there in that a lot of men aren't great at initiating conversation and showing interest in other people and have an acquired skill at learning how to present their inquiry gracefully and magnetically yeah and i think that that has been frustrating in this relationship i mean i've always come from a place of like you tell me something and i try and relate to it and then if a natural question comes up i ask it in our podcast, I was listening and there's like, there are times I ask questions and they're fine and they are conducive to the conversation and help move the conversation of along. Of course. And, but that's like where I'm natural. I'm I'm much more natural in like a feedback, like ping pong type of yeah. style than I am. Like when it's when I have to start it out. Yeah. That's where it gets really hard for me. Yeah. Where do you feel my disability the most? <laughs> where do I feel your disability? <laughs> Let's be respectful of those who might experience real disability. Like, Sorry, this not real. That, that's This true. is just a... My, uh, this is an you, awkwardness, right? This is a, a social awkwardness. A social affliction or something? Yeah. I mean, okay. I think it it shows up in emotional conversations for us the most. Yeah. When I need you to show curiosity about my emotional state, when I need you to learn how to probe so that I can feel safe and or express in a deeper and more, you know, vulnerable way, I think you f- can fall down in those moments. For sure. I get, I feel myself like I'm at the beginning of a podcast. Like I don't You're like, oh I'm God, like, what's the I've got right to remember question? something. I've got to say the right thing. I'm not myself in that moment. It's it's been so rare in my life that I have been in vo- vulnerable emotional conversations. Well, when you one, I was I was raised by a person who is emotionally pretty vulnerable and explicit about their emotions. Yeah. So like I just And got, you're their main audience. <laughs> main audience. <laughs> and for me to make friends 
you, you learn very quickly that the best way to make friends is to show interest in your friend. Or, I mean, or your to friend say wants really to... grotesque things, and then the people that you that laugh, then you become yeah, but, friends with them. But like That's you and I, I both it. have different <laughs> volumes of friends. Yeah. I mean, I have way more friends than you. Wow. Yeah. I make friends very easily, not because I'm naturally like endowed with charisma. It's because I've practiced a long time being sociable with people because I had no one to be sociable with unless I was yeah. accepted. Yeah. If you want to get better at it, you have to do it. You have to you do it flex all. Them up. You got to practice. Yeah. You got to work on it. But I do the debriefs too. Like when I come out of a social, you know this about me, when I come out of a social situation that I don't think goes well, like I will say openly, I don't think that went well. Here's what I think I needed to do differently. Do you think you dwell on it? I'm working through not dwelling on it, but acting on it in my own spiritual and emotional practices. Yeah. It's hard. It, well, it's it's hard because like I debrief, but then I'm done with it. I put it aside, it not hurts. necessarily in a healthy way, in a avoiding way of like, oh, if I felt bad about that social situation, what does that mean? I am. Who am I? Why do I do that? And those are hard questions to ask yourself and to like honestly answer them is challenging. And sometimes I put them aside and don't think of them, about them. Do you feel like you do extra work because we're married and you have to face me every day? Or do you feel yes. like it's oh, yeah. more comfortable because of the fact Yeah, I mean, because if you, social settings are typically a, a choice. Our house is not a choice. Like we both live here. We're both in, in proximity to each other all the time. Uh, like I also, when I was 30, like sort of actively decided I, I had enough friends and didn't need to make more. <laughs> to go back to your, to your, you have a lot more friends than me situation. Why do men do that? Because I, I thought I was just like a weird person. No, you guys, I mean, this is a cliche. Every one of my friends says oh, the exact sure. same thing. For sure. It's like, I just don't want to spend time with other people anymore. It's like, <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, that's why a lot of men like die alone in trailer parks around America. Yeah. Let's get on to the question. User last name throwaway writes, I've been married for about three months now after an eight year long relationship and living together for over six years. Marriage was not something I was expecting as my now husband has always had a vocal aversion to it and it was never something that was super important to me. I decided to work part time and go back to school this year with his full support and we married mostly for insurance and tax reasons. He asked me to marry him a few months ago, and it was very casual. No ring, no announcement, no big deal. I was fine with that, and a few weeks later, we went to the courthouse and did the deed. Nothing in our relationship changed. I was glad to have legal protections like hospital visitation and stuff like that. We have commingled finances for years now, so no big transition there. Now he's insisting I change my name. I like my name. It's the name I've had my whole life, and I'm used to it. I told him I would be willing to hyphenate, but he said that would piss him off more than if I didn't change it at all. We had a knockdown, drag out argument over it yesterday, and I'm not sure how to feel. He said it makes him feel like we're officially married if I take his name. Before our wedding, I asked him to wear a wedding band, and I told him I would wear one too. I didn't want some huge diamond. I'm talking plain gold wedding bands. It would have been around $400 for both rings, and we can afford that easily. I wanted the rings for the same reason he wants me to change my name, a physical symbol that says, I'm a married person. He didn't want to wear one because they are, and I quote directly, dumb and uncomfortable. So 
Last night, I told him that I would change my name if he wore a wedding band. He got really mad at me and said that was bullshit because he didn't want to wear a ring. I told him that I didn't want to change my name. This devolved into him telling me that I pressured him into marriage, which I absolutely did not do. It was something we discussed as equal partners, and I told him repeatedly at the time that I did not want him to do this if he didn't want to. I explicitly told him I did not want to get married because I thought he would resent me, considering his firm anti-marriage stance. He literally talked me into it. It really was the best solution to our situation, and that's why I agreed to it. Why do you think it's such a sticking point for him? Do you think I'm being difficult for not changing my name? All right, Andy, let's just start with a softball question. Great. Do you like your last name? Yes. When you were a kid, you never thought you would get married. That was not something that you dreamed of or... No. So when Not until I was like maybe like 30. Last episode, you said 30, 32. So I just want to continuity stake. Somewhere in that range, 30. When you started thinking about it, did name changes ever pop into your head? Absolutely not. Not even a little bit. You didn't even think for a second. No, not to any type of value. Not like, oh, I mean, if they don't do it, that's okay. But I would like them to, or I wonder if she'll want to change. Not, no, I've never thought about that. Did we ever have a conversation about it in our relationship? No. We, we, you, okay, this is not an like inquisition. You can say more <laughs> than like, I'm not like interviewing the, you for the court. Like a murder proceeding. suspect? Yeah. No, you, I mean, so the only thing that we have is you've expressed that you have, you expressed you did not want to change your name, un, unprompted by me, and you don't understand why other people do. Someone in our life who I did not expect would change their last name, who is a woman married to a man, like occurred within sort of a year or so of us getting married. And I think I, I obviously when I'm talking to you, I'm a little bit more passionate than if I'm talking to the general public about my opinion. But I probably passionately said, like, I don't get it. Yeah. And it that's seems exa- that, incongruous right. with their social and political identity. Yep. And so what's the point? Yep. To be fair, I feel completely on your side. I don't have any dog in this fight. I don't care if people want to change their name, if they don't change their name, if they hyphenate their name. One question that I have, if two hyphenated named people get married and have a kid, does the kid have four last names? You get to choose. Okay. This is this is the thing. It's all a choice. <laughs> yeah. There's no like legal requirement, at least in the United States. We're like- like, no, you could just make up your kid's name. Of course. You can make up your... I, I, we could have entered just as friends who, who I have in my life have made up their own surnames I, and brought I, them together as a assimilated marriage name. I knew a person who her and her like three siblings all had a different last name than their her two parents because right. they just like decided they liked the last name Rain. So to that point, like, yeah, I mean, if, if I really cared about keeping a hyphenated last name and you did like, and we had kids, you just... You make a choice. It's all a choice. Just like your first, middle, and Nick name. Nickname. I was like, Nick. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know me too. Like, I'm a pretty firm believer that I only follow societal norms if I like actually think they make sense. And this isn't one of them that like really hits home to me. And I'm like, this is, this makes a ton of sense. People should do this. If I had asked you to take my name, how would you agree? I wouldn't have done it. And why? I don't need to. I just, I like my name, my name, like I, I actually related to this lady. Like, I like my name. It's been my name my whole life. Like, right. why do I need to change it? Why, what on earth would make my life better or it could make, maybe make it worse? Probably wouldn't. I just don't need to change my name. There's no reason to. You know, I've done it all. 
I know you've done both and then you've done not at all, right? Well, yeah. So when I was in my first marriage, I changed my name to my husband's last name. Not hyphenated. Not hyphenated. And then a year and a half, two years into the marriage, I decided to go back and change it to hyphenated. Really? And then like legally changed yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I hadn't. So you've like done several legal name changes. I've done. Yeah, I have. So I've if had, I need to I've consult you about those, maybe you can walk me through multiple social process. security cards with different last names on them. Wow, that's nuts. And to the internet, some of the, the Redditor responses, they were like, you know, it's just really hard to change your last name. Yeah, <laughs> to change that's your what name. everybody says. Yeah, it's like, it's not fun. It wasn't fun the first two times. And I do. And and then obviously I got divorced, had to change my name back from hyphenated to my maiden name. I mean, obviously I didn't have to. I chose to. And uh, and and so one, pragmatically, it's like it's like you got to want it. It's not super fun to go through that bureaucracy. I, I think I already know the answer to this, but the bureaucracy didn't affect your decision not to change your name to my last name. Oh, yeah. By the time we were dating, married, at the stage that we are in our lives, I was clear as fucking day. I was not going to take yeah. your name. I think names are relatively arbitrary. Like if they, sure. if your family name means a ton to you because there's some socio-historical value to you, then that's great. That's not how I feel about my name. I'm not keeping sure. my name because I have this attachment to my lineage. I'm keeping my name because it's my goddamn name and I want my name and I don't, I'm not a Vedas. Also, I have amazing name. You do have an Eleanor amazing name. Eleanor Cleverly is I, a fantastic like, I didn't name. want you to change your name because of how cool your name my is. My name is cool. Okay, so let's get into her right. individual issue. So what do you think is going on here? Oh, man. I think it's pretty strange, honestly. Uh, I don't... It's very weird that this guy didn't care about marriage and was like, yeah, it makes practical sense to get married. Why not? Let's just do it. And then now is like worried about semantics. Can't get a very good read on why he would do that. It's also strange because he weirdly got really affronted when she said, let's wear rings. If you think social norms are silly and you should only follow the ones that you want to follow. Like you don't get to pick and choose which wedding norms you think are, or, or valid. Well, I mean, I guess you do, but like you, at the same time, you that, get to like, actually, but understand that you're being silly for that or like, but you don't get to get emotional. You don't like to, to do the, to let it devolve to you made us get married. Like, it's like, we went from, I want you to take my name, her being like, well, I'm not on board, but let's kind of balance the scales. I'll, we'll wear rings. I'll take the name. And then for it to be like, I'm not doing that shit. This is all bullshit. Also, you made me get married. It's like, okay, this right. is not about I mean, there's any something of that. else. There's, there's something obviously else something else in there. there. Yeah. He's kind of being childish and you have to sort of be the rational one in the room. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that. Which sucks. It's unfair sometimes. It's, it never feels good to have to be the rational one person in the room, you know, when you feel like the other person's being unfair and fighting dirty, which this guy kind of is. Right. And it seems as though she was trying to come at it from this rational, logical stance. And he had a lot of emotional baggage behind his position that she didn't diagnose till they were already in the fight. I, I if you had said, I want you to get, I want you to take my last name. And I had said, oh, wow, that's like a huge boundary for me. I do not want that. And you'd been like, well, you're letting us keep separate bank accounts. And like, this is a way, you know, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are not intertwined yeah. problems, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like, these are just like, these are separate things. And like, you're allowed, we're allowed to keep that one and talk about that one over here. 
and talk about this one right now. And I think they like they're in a muck of like competing feelings and priorities and expectations. And they need to kind of like pull it all apart and probably start with how do we feel about being married? Do like did we go into this choice under the same assumptions about what it meant for our relationship? He's the one who's like, this is just a piece of paper we're signing. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm <laughs> I'm a patriarchal. But that's uh, husband, my point. And you need to follow these rules. Is that this stuff creeps up on you. Yeah. Just because you're just because you think you're being a rational agent doesn't mean that you don't have. Right. Doesn't mean you're. Whole, I mean, I'm the king of this. Like, yeah. no matter what, I always think I'm being rational, even when I'm being emotional. And like a big thing for me in our relationship and just my life in general is to be like, no, you got to recognize when you're being rational and when you're being emotional, because you can't just go through life thinking you're always being rational. It, 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 there is some creeping up where he's having an emotional reaction to being married now and is like, I need to do something or I need to grab for power or control or like, as I believe uh, Drake said, he's in his feelings. <laughs> the poet of our time. Yeah, <laughs> Aubrey. I, I think it's okay to be conflicted. Right. Like it's absolutely okay to have gone yeah. into this thinking, oh, it's just going to be pragmatic. And then realize, oof, wow, this feels different. This feels bigger and more important and more serious, more emotional than I thought yeah. it would be. Yeah. And he, and, and what we often do, I'm guilty of this, of course, is instead of realizing I'm conflicted, I, I think I'm just like, I'm just doing stuff. I'm acting and just things are happening and I'm not like evaluating them or, deciding whether this is right or wrong or if I'm if this is coming from an emotional place he's just acting. Yeah. And when you're not in touch with your emotions, yeah. It's really hard to diagnose them when they're coming up. There have been moments where you call me out and you're like you're acting emotional right now and I'm like, "Whoa, I am. That's crazy." I think it was like when we were first trying to buy a house. I think because parting with money and spending money and making big financial decisions is really stressful for anybody and for me and instead of like brooding on it and having like paralysis by analysis, which is what you'd expect me to have probably. I was just like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And I was like being very impulsive. Yeah. I never had thought of that as like, oh, this is a, this is an emotion coming out. This is me having an emotional reaction to something that's scary or difficult or, or really big. And, and once you mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally being impulsive right now. I'm, I'm in an emotional place. Being it, it isn't always that easy to say that to someone and have them react the way I did in that moment. But I think you did it in a way that allowed me to be like, oh, yeah, I am like to be introspective, essentially. I think that in the moments that it's worked well for us, when I've kind of pointed out to you that there's an irrational portion of your argument, I've been like, I'm scared, too. Yeah. Like, like, I'm really nervous about buying a house in a marketplace that is insane and that it's very hard for us to afford what we want. And I have those inclinations too. Like I get that feeling of urgency and like maybe if I just sign on the dotted line, it'll be done and it'll I won't have easier, to make this yeah. decision anymore. And I just know that that's like the worst place for me to make decisions. And so I don't want to go into it like that yeah. with you. And and really taking that ownership and my a sense of you're not wrong necessarily. Let me t share what what's going on inside of me. And maybe we can come to sort of like a understanding of each other's experience right now. Yeah. and and cooler heads prevail kind of situation. Like in the heat of the moment while you're arguing over these two things, well, you wear a ring and I'll change my name or I want to hyphenate my name and all this stuff that is you guys are getting into the weeds on. I think you have to step outside of that, let things cool down a little bit and come from like an inquisitive, vulnerable, open place. Like that's always what works best for me. 
It's like, if we're in an argument, like that's not when I want to get vulnerable. Yeah. Okay, let's hear from the Redditors. Great, love to. You're going to love this. User, (laughs) user just whoring around replied, If he thinks that, then offer a divorce. Even if he doesn't take you up on it, the offer should end him accusing you of pressuring and forcing him into marriage. Since the marriage was just on paper for tax reasons, I don't see why you shouldn't just go back to where you were before you were married. He shouldn't be so unhappy that he requires you to sacrifice something to join him in misery. Just go back to when you were happy. You guys know better than anyone that you don't need to be married to have a great lifelong relationship. (laughs) This person's an insane person. <laughs> I love them. I love their name. Just what whoring around? Just whoring around. I also like the idea of offer a divorce. Like, who are you? The Count of Monte Cristo? Like, what, <laughs> kind of, what kind of proclamation is that? I declare a divorce. Like, okay. Chill out whoring around. Just reverse all of this Absolutely. and everything will go back to normal. Do not offer a divorce. That's just, what we're going to get Just back to. out of everything and everything will go back to smooth sailing. No, it won't. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't even know if there's anything better to say about that. Like, listen, there are some rules and they're silly to kind of repeat because they're cliche. As a person who's been through divorce, as a person who's been married twice now, do not ever threaten divorce. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Can I just be honest? I didn't realize how traumatic divorce is. Like, I've heard you talk about how intense your divorce was. But, like, there's a blogger I like. She's really funny and she's, like, irreverent and she's just, like, really funny. There was this conversation about burners and, like, people having fake Twitter handles that came up recently. And she's, like, opened up about how she (laughs) she had burners during her divorce because she would go on r slash divorce and just, like, Right, like the most insane, like I'm empty, I'm soulless. Like, <laughs> all I do is lay in my apartment and cry. It's been a year and nothing's gotten better. And it's just like, I can't believe Kate is like, she just like does not seem like that type and it like ravaged her. Yeah. And and like to just whimsically, hey, just horn around like- <laughs> We get it. You think divorces are like fucking like, oh, a dime a dozen? Yeah, are, are like a like a phone plan or something Woo. that you could just switch. But like, no, they're not. No. What would you do if I didn't want to wear a ring? I would feel fine in the sense that I don't really think that that's a like that's a symbol that I have to have in order to feel secure in our relationship. I would be curious as to why. I would want to dig into why. I will also say I was surprised you wanted to wear a ring. I'm not anti-ring. It was a little weird though, because I'm not a jewelry guy. What if what if I was like a double pinky ring and like three chains and a and like a like a cut like a leather cuff on my wrist guy? And I was like, I don't want to wear a ring. Like that's just not me. That guy is <laughs> sleeping with someone else right now. I mean Wait, <laughs> I love the idea of like a jewelry guy being like, ah, I can't wear a ring. Sorry. Why did you want to wear a ring? For uh, for because you like when we met. 
like I, I don't I couldn't envision you wearing any jewelry. Now you've got a you got a ring that you never take off and a watch I that you also watch. never take off even during sex. Not going to take that thing off. He's got his watch. Got to look ring at the on. time. Got to got to run the numbers if you know what I mean. <laughs> um I don't know. I did, I guess I didn't think I didn't put a ton of thought into it. I don't know. I honestly I didn't put a ton of thought into am I going to or am I not going to as a person who has already declared on this podcast that I don't follow social norms unless I really believe in them, this is one where I just felt neutral on it. And I was like, okay, whatever. I disagree. Really? I th- I think you were excited to be married. I was excited to be married. And I think you were excited to do and a I, couple I, things that would make that feel yes, special to you. I think that's fair. And ring a ring actually made sense to me. It's like a nice, it's like a precious metal you put on your hand to symbolize this Don't relationship. Fuck with me. Yeah. Oh, we've got a call in, don't we? Yeah, so our caller this week is one of my closest friends, Abby Womba, not Wombach. Okay, I was like, every you're friends single with Abby time Wombach? I say we've met Abby. I know, in person, I know, Abby. and you cannot like get it out of your. I brain. don't know if I knew that her last name was Womba. We, I've said her last name maybe five times in our relationship, I and you were talking every about the soccer single player. time you look at me <laughs> with your eyes wide. This thinking, whole time I thought you knew the soccer player. W a m b a u g h Womba. Womba. Oof. Okay, I'm gonna proceed. With the answer to this question, assuming that you, the writer of this, are a woman, because it sure sounds like the reason it's a sticking point for him is because of sexism. And I just want to say right off the bat, I think you're right. You shouldn't do it if you want to. And in this argument, your new husband sounds like a dick. That being said, I bet he's not. You've been with him eight years. I gave up years ago, even pretending to clean my kitchen because I know that my partner will do it. And the first time he brought that up to me in an argument, I called him a dishwasher bureaucrat. Uh, So believe me when I say that I am ready to believe your new husband for all of this immediately at your say-so. And one stupid side of an argument does not make the man. Uh, but, oh shit, his side is so stupid. <laughs> it's okay. Lots of our traditions that we've grown up with and have made us feel like cozy and secure and are the things that we think about that we want to have when we're grown ups are like rooted in or entwined with sexism. And we're allowed actually to hang on to like whatever ones we want with as much self-reflection as we can muster. But if it doesn't make you feel good to change your name to your husband's name. Don't do it. The only good reasons to do it would be like if your old name was like butt kiss, if your new name was going to be Cumberbatch, uh, or if you're afraid of your husband, which is also the first reason on the list of why maybe you should get some couples therapy. And that's not a dig. That's a great idea for everybody. 
it sounds like it's not about this, you know, like, especially the part about when you offered to hyphenate it, him saying that that would piss him off even more. It just all sounds like a temper tantrum. Like, what is he not feeling control of? What are you not feeling control of, buddy? What are you trying to fix by like changing names and blaming your choices on your partner? You shouldn't have to figure it out. He should, he should, he should figure it out. I trust you to not have married fucking Gaston. So hopefully he's going to like put down the bench of singing French ladies and engage in a little self-reflection when you don't cave into his panic request. Um, I wonder what your name is. I wonder if it's a good name. I'm sorry. I'm sure it's a great name. I'm sure it's a great name. I really wonder what your names are now though. I hope that you continue to like each other and do all the fun fighting that means you're in love. I actually really want to know what their names are now. <laughs> Knowing your the name impact can also be totally valid. I have another really close friend who doesn't have a great or strong relationship with her family of origin. She's incredibly what does liberal. That mean? Her birth family? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you said it like this it is how you know that Andy reads a lot more sports blogs than he does anything else. Whoa. So she doesn't have a good relationship with her family of origin or mostly her father. And obviously she is from a tradition where she got her father's last name. And so she's been married twice. And each time she's taken her husband's last name. But she's incredibly liberal, very, very progressive. And she's like, you know, this is my family now. I don't want to keep the person's name the man's name who I don't respect, don't want to identify with and like don't want to Meaning continue. Her, her yeah. Father, her origin father. Yeah. Don't want to like continue his lineage. Yeah. And and to your point, I also think people are allowed to have many, many reasons for why they do or do not want to change their name. And you should be respectful of that. That's not like a hard ask. Yeah. And I think if you go into this conversation with your partner and they can't open up, they can't start digging into what's going on emotionally with them you kind of have to start asking, like, how can we mediate these conversations so that we can not just bury this type of disagreement, but actually come to an understanding of where both parties are coming from? Like, we, this is kind of a common theme in these uh, in this podcast is, is this, the, is this a, a problem or is this a symptom? I always think you need to ask yourself that. I think it's really important when we have fights to be like, is this about just this thing and I like need to work on it? Or is this about something bigger that we should probably address and think through? And maybe it's, maybe it's both. Maybe it's neither. Who knows? But I think you should probably ask yourself that. Maybe ask your partner that. I'm fucking great. And making my emotional situation into a, like a, another person's problem. And I like can see it from a mile away. Like that's not okay. What and do it, you, th what, how does that feel in the moment? Do you know you're doing it? Do you consciously know? I mean, as I get older, I'm much better at it. Does it prevent you from doing it? But I think it's like you get flooded with an emotion. And often for me, it's either fear or I'm sensing a childhood dynamic that I feel like is being relived in this relationship, whether it's with you or a colleague or a friend. <laughs> right. Or our family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'm like, oh, the way... I have survived this in the past is to do this tactic. And to be totally fair, we started out this conversation with a tactic that I actually really love about myself, which is to survive a pretty lonely childhood. I learned how to be very skilled at 
having conversations with strangers and building relationships from scratch. For sure. And that was a survival mechanism I learned and honed in childhood and early adulthood. And flip side of that is I was in confrontational relationships with my family all growing up that were resolved through often manipulative emotional conversations, right? And, Mm -hmm. And making someone else the victim or villain. I take that into my adulthood and I'm like, that's not how I want to deal with conflict. And just because one part of my childhood taught me something that's been really effective in my social and emotional life, there are plenty of things that are not. And I get flooded with emotion and then I choose to do the path of least resistance. It's both really frustrating and also really empowering and ex- and kind of exciting that that is the case, right? Like. I get really frustrated that like things that happened to me as a child are what are affecting me when I'm 37. Yeah. But I also get kind of uh, inspired by like, oh, that means that if I can understand these, then I can potentially find a way to work around them or get better or develop new tools. And in the moment, I'm so rarely like really attuned with what I'm feeling or thinking or what my motivations are or what behavior I'm acting on. Like that's hard. Well, and the good thing about a partnership, a strong partnership is you have someone else to kind of show you that way. Yeah. That's what this dynamic could evolve into. Uh, yeah. Like our therapist says, like picture that your, mm. your, your partner's inner child when these moments are happening, which is super hard to do, but can be very effective. I also think like something that probably needs to be told to both of these folks. And I mean this in a good way, but you guys are married and you should start acting like it. Hot take. I know. But, and I mean that in a good way. Like, you guys are married. You should start working together and acting and communicating like a married couple. And you probably should have been doing it before you got married too, because you guys have been together for eight years or something. That's a long time. Maybe you should have been doing the things that make a marriage work before you got married. And you should definitely be doing them after <laughs> after you get married. Yeah. I mean, dating can be very unintentional. Yeah. And marriage is almost inherently deliberate. Like, I mean- Wholly intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we're not just like, yeah, we were, we met in college and like we like to get drunk together. Yeah, and, and now we're thirty five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like no, you're married now. You have to figure out what kind of relationship you want and go for it. And these little things bubble up because you know are are, op- are either opportunities to divide you or opportunities for you to figure out what you want and how to work towards it. Great way to end, Andy. Thank you. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Abby. You can find Abby at at Abby Wamba on Instagram, abbywamba.com. She is a real comedian. She on Twitter too, you'd think. Why are Why did I do that? Why, why though? I don't know. Maybe. What, what does it matter? Abby is a comedian based out of Denmark. She travels, does stand up, I think all over Europe. Yeah, and and on the East Coast sometimes. In any event, if you want to see her, I really do encourage you to check out her site, follow her on social, and we will coerce her into joining us at some point on yeah, a live call. That'd be great. Andy, do you have anything to plug? Read my book. I know you guys have bought <laughs> you, it. Okay, wait. Just be like more energetic about it. You don't have to look so defeated. <laughs> read my book. Just read the fucking book. No, uh, I published a book recently. It's called The Lost Migration. It is on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. No S. Take a look for it. I would really love for you to read it. I think you guys, even if I don't know who you are, you'll probably enjoy it. So The Lost Migration. All right. We should do this again. Yeah, let's do this again. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowest, a podcast network dedicated to sound inquiry. You can find out more about the show at narrowest.news and at narrowest on social. 
That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Let Go Gecko by High Horse from Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.